Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What's In My Head podcast. Today I'm joined by Ricky. And if you look right behind him, he's the host of the Spoiler Force podcast. Fuck, dude, I fucked that one up right off the bat. The Spoiler Force podcast. Ricky, how are you, sir? I am good, man. I'm glad to be uh, collaborating with you again, dude. I, I, you know, when I think about us collaborating, I, I it just it feels like it's been not that long ago. I think we recorded last time together before uh, the start of the new year, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, it just uh, I'm really excited to be on the podcast again, dude. It's it's it was. You're probably the only person that I've actually had on from any of the other podcasts uh, that I don't want to say that we came up with. Um, but we, we were in a, a, a Facebook group or some shit like that. And then that turned into a podcast group and then everybody was like, Oh fuck, man, we need to get everybody on. And then crickets, nobody comes on. So I don't, I don't know what happened. Everybody gets busy. Shit happens. So, but nonetheless, man, we're here now. And like I said, that, that first episode, well, the first two episodes we did together, cause we split those episodes and we shared and swapped audiences for a brief time, telling everybody to go check this one out and go check that one out. So ladies and gentlemen, it's just like that. But unlike last time, I got the first episode this time and Ricky gets the second episode. So if you need to hear this second part, man, I'm telling you, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of crazy shit. I'm pretty sure it's going to be crazy because I have no idea what Ricky and I are going to talk about. Um, (laughs) But the episode two for this, because like I said, it's a part one and two, you will have to go to Ricky's page and we'll have all the links in the description. Then check out Spoiler Force podcast across all social media platforms, as well as YouTube, SoundCloud, any place you can find a podcast. Ricky's on there, man. You can only find us right now on YouTube. We're not as diligent as Ricky is. Ricky goes through the fucking roof when he's putting all of his shit out there. We're just on YouTube because uh, I just I'm lazy, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But nonetheless, man, Ricky, I asked you a question right before we started talking, and it was about the Detroit Pistons, if you're a fan. And the only reason I asked you that question was because I just watched one of the dopest documentaries on Netflix. It was called The Malice at the Palace. I'm pretty sure being a Detroit fan, you know that day. I was yes. watching live when that happened, right? Um, and I remember being, that was 2004. So I was like 14, 15. Holy shit. Was that wild, right? That it was. Yeah. I, I remember watching that live too. I was with my dad and my grandpa at the time. And uh, we were in the living room and I, I walked out to the kitchen. I didn't see how it, it initially started. I walked up to the kitchen, grabbed something to drink. And then my dad's like, holy shit, you see that Ricky? And I ran back and then you see around our test in the, in the audience, just like swinging his fist at people. And then Jermaine O'Neal comes in, slides, and he punches that guy on the court. It was chaos, but it was so crazy because I never thought I'd see something like that on live TV, especially with when it comes to basketball. Dude, it was one of the most wild experiences, especially being a basketball fan. Like you would seen dust ups and fights and shit like that. Like I remember, uh, fuck, was this Brad Mullins? Maybe something like that, where he chucks the ball at the back of Shaq's head after Shaq dunks and rubs his nuts all over the thing. <laughs> right? He gets pissed off, gets up and just chucks the ball. And then that starts a fight. And then you've seen Kobe. You've just seen little dust up, little fights here and there. Um, but that 
I still remember like everything that happened. And then they go and put a documentary on Netflix. Holy shit. This is one of like, <laughs> I saw this one and then the new Bob Ross documentary. Both of those are phenomenal documentaries, but just seeing the behind the scenes and then hearing what the players had to say about everything. Steven Jackson, one of the baddest motherfuckers in the game, right? He just comes up. He's like, I hope this is the last fucking time I'm talking about this because I'm tired of talking about this motherfucker. <laughs> and he just goes off. And then you hear everything that, that happened in between that you didn't necessarily see on SportsCenter that day. So, ladies and gentlemen, and Ricky, check this documentary. It's phenomenal. But I, I, I probably will. I, I had my friends message me, too. They're like, did you watch this, Ricky? You got to watch this. You know, so I haven't had time to watch any documentaries yet. But I'm definitely going to have that one and the Bob Ross one. Uh, on my to watch list. I, I don't know if uh, if you were a Bob Ross fan growing up, but whenever you skip school during my era and shit, and we're not too much, <laughs> I'm not too much older, but uh, Bob Ross was just something you put on around one o'clock because everything else was off. All the cartoons were off. And then his voice was just so soothing and just getting to see landscapes come to fruition, whatever was in his mind at that time. I was holy shit. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm starting to hear all this other stuff about Bob Ross. So I started watching it. And then I'm like, oh, man, here we go. We're going to talk about Bob Ross. It's going to be the greatest. It's going to be the happiest documentary. And then you watch it, you're like, holy fuck, this is the saddest documentary I've ever seen. You <laughs> see all of the crazy shit. And I don't want to get sued by the people. So you just get, get to see all the crazy shit that happened after his death and what happened to his family and his oldest son and all this shit. You're like, holy fuck, dude. Can't recommend him enough. But I did just watch My Hero and our last two episodes we did together was a huge my hero just fanboying out on this tv <laughs> and i feel like we're gonna do the same thing man so i'm only on episode 17 because i'm watching it on toonami because like i said i'm a i'm a dub guy um i love the voice actors and you've had some of those voice actors on your show man so what was that like getting to talk to lucy it, it was it, it was such a an amazing experience because you know for the fans and viewers who don't know, I prefer sub. So mm -hmm. speaking to dub actors or English dub actors, it's, uh, it's, it's a bit challenging for me. Not, not that I don't like their work. It's just that, you know, growing up as a kid, till even to as an adult, I've always watched it in jet, like anime in Japanese or, uh, read, read the manga. I never really took time to really listen to English dub uh, anime besides like Dragon Ball or Pokemon or Sailor Moon like that. But, uh, you know, talking to Lucy, man, she was, by far one of the most nicest guests I've had. Yeah. And then to be able to geek out about my hero and the uh, characters and, and the movie and the, even the upcoming movie uh, that's, that's going to come out later this year. I, I am, I was so stoked. And I got to say, man, the, my hero cast was probably the cast that helped me like see different, a different view of the English dub uh, mm -hmm. anime because they're the way how they performed, especially in the movies, man, they, they're phenomenal. Yeah, it's she as well, because she was at uh, Megacon. Her, All Might, Sir Night Eye, Deku was supposed to be there, but he canceled, sadly. Um, and Ida was there. And then this was my son's first Comic-Con, right? First Megacon, first anything. And this show specifically has set him off, I don't want to say down a path of darkness, but a path of nothing. <laughs> like, if it's not anime, this man doesn't want to watch it, right? So I just finally got him into watching Kid Cosmic, and we've been just laughing our ass off at this cartoon. 
but my hero spun into um, what was that seven deadly sins that was his favorite for the longest time and then that turned into now my hero and then then it switched over to demon hunter this this kid's balls deep in demon hunter right now i've tried watching it i got to give it some more time i've only getting two or three episodes into it he's like you gotta watch like the first 12 episodes it's slow up until then i'm like dude i can't invest six to seven hours in the show i'm not <laughs> like you man you go to school i've got to go to work i gotta come home and cook for you i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta do this so I was like, I can't invest that long in there, but I'm starting to come around to it. Um, but swinging it back to Megacon, man, we got in line and he drew a picture of every character that was there and he gave it to him. And Lucy was the first one we met. And then she looked at me and she, I was like, I don't know if you remember me. She's like, you kind of look familiar. And I showed her that, you know, she was on my pocket. She's like, I do remember you. And she was <laughs> you know, talking to me a little bit. And then um, my son super nervous dude he didn't he, he's already talks really really low and when you put him in a situation where there's you know thirty thousand people in one spot just fucking nervous right so he goes up and he's like uh not making eye contact he's like i ha- i made you this and he handed me the picture <laughs> and then she was like do you want me to sign this and give it back to you and he and she was like did you draw this and he was like yeah i drew this she was like this is beautiful and then his little face turned red and then uh she goes to, she's like you want me to sign this and give it back to you and she's like no this is for you And then she came out and then she signed something and she's like, wow, this is so cool. Nobody's made me art yet. So she hung it up. And every time he met somebody, it was so cool because they look at this picture and they they hang it up so all the other fans can see it. And then we get to Chris Sabat, right? All Might. And I fanboyed out hardcore, but I let my son fan out first, right? And then he was like, do you watch the show with your son? I'm like, yeah, I was like, it's one of the things we got through COVID with, man. COVID was so fucking boring last year. It was tragic. It was, we were scared. And this gave us something to, you know, bond over. And then I was like, I've been listening to you since I was about his age. So 20 something years ago, I was a Piccolo fan. And then he breaks off halfway through. He's like, hold on. He goes and grabs a picture of Piccolo from his desk and signs <laughs> that shit. Dude, I've never damn near broken down in front of, front of my hero before, but I would be lying if I didn't say, tears came to my eyes when he handed me that picture of piccolo dude it was so great and the only reason i bring up that story is because that cast the fucking sweetest people man of all time you got anybody else coming on your show soon as far as that cast goes uh not really Uh, mark witten was probably my most recent voice actor that Mm -hmm. i i spoke to um i'm you know like you i i was actually looking up like uh people in the production uh, mm-hmm. list too and and there's other like voice actors I, i've reached out to there's one that's coming up uh before this episode drops uh with valerie pierce she's a uh voice actress too but she's not so well known yet and yeah. so I, I think i was probably planning to speak to people who are like either up and coming or uh in production and stuff like that because i i find it more easier to speak with people like that now uh versus the already established voice actors not mm-hmm. saying that they're not hard to get it's just they're so busy yeah. So it, it's it's better to work, work with people who are more free with their time versus people who are already like going to conventions and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think it's it's really cool. You know, I, I got to meet Chris Sabat back at uh, Motor City Comic Con, and uh, I didn't know this when I met him. I I didn't know that he doesn't like uh, Team Four Star content. <laughs> um, and I had him say Dodge from that series and i didn't know he didn't like it until I, I i was on youtube looking up interviews and i found out that he doesn't really like their content so i was like oh shit <laughs> probably uh made him feel kind of bad <laughs> why he didn't like it I, I don't know why he i i guess like 
and this is just from what I've seen. I don't I don't know 100% if it's true or not, mm. but uh, from what I know from seeing on videos, like Sean Schemmel and Chris Bott doesn't like uh, Team Four Star probably because like it, it seems like it's mocking their work. Gotcha. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's probably what they say to, to fans and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I was like, when I found out he didn't like Team Four Star, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I probably should have never asked him to do that. <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, one of my first interviews, and I will not put their name out there, um, IMDB is one of the coolest and worst things ever because they go and they put credits on there. Half the time, a lot of those credits people never worked on. So I had a guest on and I asked them, uh, you know, what was it like working on X, Y, and Z? You know, like, I've never worked on those. Actually, I hated everybody that's ever worked on those shows. And then the interview turns sour within the first 10 minutes. And I'm super green into doing this, right? I did, during COVID, I, I, would, I was banking, I banked like 30 episodes right off the bat. Before I released anything, I banked up 30 because I figured COVID's probably going to end in the next couple months. That's what we thought back in 2020 when I started this shit. It's like, oh, we're nearing the end. Um, so I just started banking them up because I was like, oh, I'll probably go back to work tomorrow. Everybody's going to be going back to work. It's going to be harder to get people. And then it just became a little bit easier. And, you know, once you get one person and you ask them like, hey, would you suggest anybody? And it goes to the next one and the next one. It became easier and easier. Um, but it was that interview was like, oh, shit, I will never, ever, ever do this again. I will make sure that I ask everybody when I'm about to talk to them about something. What don't you like to talk about? That way I stay completely away from it because, like I said, I had to shit can that episode, mainly because they pretty much hung up on me after about 15, 20 more minutes of that 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 conversation. It was a uh, oh, what I'm getting at is fuck them. I don't give a shit anymore. So but nonetheless, <laughs> I'm not going to bring them up. I just don't want to you know cause any any drama and anything like that. Uh, I, I do that with my guests too. Like I let them know if uh, if there's any topics they don't want to touch up on or if there's any like like depending on who it is too like if it's like a voice actor or someone that's working i i let them know like uh are there any projects you want me to bring up or stuff like that just so like for for uh nda reasons and just in case they don't like it and i've had some some guests who refused to record with me because of the topics i wanted to talk about so uh i I have to make sure now like whoever i'm speaking with like that they're okay with whatever i talk about and like they don't always ask like my because, you know, I have like a point list of topics to talk about in case if I go blank or something like that. And uh, it's it's a it's a challenge. I haven't had anyone completely say like, no, I'm not doing this because I don't like your guest list or your not guest list, but your your topic list or not. But then uh, I do have to make sure like the guest is OK with what we're talking about, because if. You know, I, I've had some like really awkward moments on, in some interviews where <laughs> I talked about something and they just kind of gave me a short answer. And then it, it became like a long silence after that. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's always the the rebounding. And I think we're going to talk a lot about podcasting on this episode, at least. So because it's a fascinating topic because everybody has asked when we talked last time. Right. I was only at a couple hundred subscribers and then everything blew the fuck up for me when I had the Ed boys on. I was not expecting, like I was expecting some kind of bump, right? I was not expecting anywhere near the level of both positive and even more, I was not expecting the level of negativity that I would have from that episode. 
Like it was more positive than negative as far as fan interactions go. However, there was a lot of people on there that were a bunch of cunts. And if I've learned anything, because it used to be where I would go and respond to every single comment, regardless if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Because like I've said it on here a couple times now, I want to build a fan base. I want people to want to watch this show and listen to this show because there's content in here, regardless of if you go back and you listen to our Tony Sampson episode, we spent almost 30, 45 minutes talking about suicide and mental health and the issues and struggles that he's had that I've seen with my family. Um, you know, people would be so against what I was doing in the beginning because it's, it's what we're doing now. We're talking, right? It's not bullet for bullet. You know, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Tell me about this. And then we move on to the next topic because I want to have, you know, a long drawn out conversation with people. I don't want to be, you know, what'd you do here? What'd you do here? Because I feel like you can go and find that type of stuff and you miss stories when you do that, I guess, for me. Plus, like I said, going back to why we're only on YouTube is because I'm fucking lazy and I, uh, I just don't want to have to do any research. If I have you on, I, I, I know quite a bit about you, but I'm expecting you know, the guests to do a lot of the heavy work because it's me talking about them or them talking about themselves and then just seeing where the conversation goes. Um, but like I said, I was not expecting that. Like we went from zero to 100 like that, right? And ever since then, it's been, you know, so many people reach out like, how did you do this? How did you do this? How did you do that? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. Like a hundred percent, this podcast is luck. I was like a lot of people in the position uh, and it's not like I'm super, super popular or anything like that, but I've had a lot of guests on that a lot of big people haven't had on in this medium, right? And the first thing they asked was, well, why did they come on here and not there? I was like, dude, fuck, I don't know. I was like, I just asked the question. You want to come on? Cool. You don't? Cool. I can find somebody else to talk to. Um, but 100%, this has all been luck. So if you're podcasting, you're thinking about starting a podcast, get a microphone, get a computer, get a pen and paper, and Google shit. That's what I did. That's what I do. That's what I still do. Um, but for you specifically, what is your process? Whenever you start and going to look or set up a podcast for somebody, what do you like to do? Well, what's funny is, uh, with Spoiler Forest, I originally just wanted to do reviews and talk about comic books and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, not not even with the intention of having guests on. Um, my very first guest on my podcast was my cousin. Uh, we talked about his experience in the uh, movie with Gran Torino. He was one of the gangsters in Gran Torino. So we, we talked about that. And then I, I had some other uh, actor friends from back in Michigan who they have, like, their own um, – production crew uh, clean slate productions like you know just local people and as time went on with the reviews and talk about movies and, and and uh anime and comic books and manga and stuff like that it kind of just just progressed uh, I, I don't if I, i'm trying to recall my very first like guest that wasn't a family member but uh, we i just spoke with someone like i had a, a friend from high school that i didn't even keep in contact with until like uh two years ago mm -hmm. he's a nurse uh and he was on my podcast. We, we talked about how he got into nursing and, and we talked about like haunted houses and stuff like that. And then I had a friend who was a, who was a Marine. He was on my show. We just talked about his, his experience and it just built up from there. Like even topics that weren't related to like um, pop culture theme stuff. I just wanted to talk to people and it just progressed into having friends on, having family on random people on. And then it just, 
you know, it really got, I, I think for myself, it got, I got really more motivated after speaking with you because of the whole Rob Holson ordeal. Yeah. It's like, I'm still trying to get Rob Holson on my podcast, <laughs> but that guy is just so, so busy. So I, I just, uh, you know, you know, with the tips you gave me, I just reached out to a bunch of people. And by the time I knew it, I'm speaking to like, you know, artists or like musicians and a bunch of just random people, you know, because because in, in my at least for my community, I, uh, for those who don't know, I'm Hmong. And so like the Hmong community is very tight knit, very small, which is it's growing. And there's artists out there that I spoke to on the podcast as well. But, you know, you got to be inside that community to really like draw out the big names or at least the more popular people uh so i kind of just it wasn't really my scene i'm not saying that i don't want to work with monk folks but it's just it just wasn't my cup of tea like i i didn't want to have to like invest time into all these musicians and and try to get every single one of them and it, it gets repetitive because there's so many musicians out there versus like artists or comic book creators or voice actors or whatnot so breaking out of that i just started I want to reach out to everyone. And I think that's what the goal of my podcast is too. Like, um, you know, just to, to spread like creativity and, and to, to talk about like just everything, you know, from yeah. whether, if you, whether you're a cosplayer or a nerd or uh, artist or digital artist or whatever, I'll talk with you. And if I, like, as long as I have interest in your work, I will talk to you. And I've, I've had some guests where like, you know, cause I, I had some guests where I, I didn't know much about their content. And if it, for myself, it makes me feel weird because now I have to like invest all this time into trying to pretend to know you when I don't. And it, it just, I would rather just talk with people who I already enjoy like their content or their material. Um, but other than that, it's it just where I'm at. It's like, it, it seems like it's all over the place, but I think at the end, I think it's, it's just bringing in a diverse group of fans and trying to build that community. That, that's what I really want at the end is just to, to build a community for uh, out of the podcast here. 100% man and that's that's what I'm trying to do as well but I think after the last couple you know episodes I've dropped I'm not going to read anybody else's comments the only comments that I will read from <laughs> now on and respond to are people that have been there I don't want to say since day one because if it was day one it was my mom was probably my first subscriber if we're going to be completely honest she went Same out here there. yeah so as soon as she <laughs> put it up there she's always super supportive um but I will respond to the people that I see on a consistent basis, either writing in fans questions or commenting on the videos. Um, I will respond to them, uh, but I'm going to do what Rogan says to do. And if, uh, you know, if anybody I can look up to in this podcasting world, it's fucking Joe Rogan. What that man has done, that man has, has said and had on. And I know a lot of people, you know, are hit or miss on him um, because they think he spreads misinformation how you can spread misinformation you've got somebody like young jamie on there pulling up everything that the, these people talk about when they're on <laughs> and then fact checking is beyond me but people hear that name and then it's like anything in this world if you don't listen to something you automatically have an opinion on what it what it's probably is you look at joe rogan you think oh this dude's buff as shit he works out he's a comedian he's you know, head kicking people when he used to do Taekwondo shit and he's a UFC commentator. So what does all that mean? Oh, he's a bro. He throws out bro science. Couldn't be further from the truth, man. So I'm going to do from now on uh, what he says to man post and ghost. If you like this content, man, I'm glad to have you on and I hope you continue watching. If you don't like this content, 
I don't fucking care at this point. Uh, I'm having fun talking to the people that I want to talk to. Do I still want to build that community? Absolutely. I don't want to build a community full of douchebags, though. And that's what I've noticed. No matter what you do, you're never going to 100% please everybody in right. anything, right? So as long as I'm happy, my guests are happy, and the core majority of the fans are happy, then that's all I can really hope for. Um, but let's get off this negative shit, Ricky. Let's get onto some positive shit. When this season of My Hero, I'm actually going to take a step back. You shared a video with me, right, of the uh, most recent movie of My Hero. Not the one coming out later this year, but the one that was that was it Two Heroes? Was that the second one? No, uh, it was Heroes Rising. Heroes Rising. Yeah. You sent me that video and I'm like, what is this from? And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I didn't know you hadn't seen this yet, right? <laughs> And I was like, no, I haven't. What is it? But it's fucking dope. And I, I was I was pretty barbecued at that time. I was two or three joints in. And I don't remember the video. I remember us talking back and forth because you messaged me, I believe, right after that. Um, saying, you got to watch this movie. And dude, that movie, you can't see it. I've got so many fucking goosebumps over my body right now. <laughs> that fucking movie. And, and, and turn back now if you haven't seen this movie. If you have seen it, fucking, I don't give a shit. But Dude, when Bakugo and Deku transfer, right? And Bakugo takes over fucking all for one. Or did I say that right? Shit, I always no, get one him for in. all. One for all. <laughs> I always get those two mixed up. I got all for one coming on the podcast very, very soon. Um, a couple weeks, actually. Um, when they transferred, I was like, holy shit. This was another All Might flame going out moment for me i get up and i've never been the hugest deku fan. i love deku i think every goku needs a vegeta and we said this on my last podcast and every vegeta needs a goku right you need that dichotomy you need that that consistent of one each other pushing each other to to get to the limits that they can get to the highest limits they can get to and when that happens i was like i get up and my hands are on my head i'm like oh fuck 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 i'm not ready for deku to die please 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 bakugo is my guy right i love bakugo what were your thoughts on this movie before we talk about my thoughts? Well, initially, I I, I knew that the movie was going to be phenomenal just because the first movie did so well. Mm -hmm. um, I avoided a lot of spoilers, surprisingly. Um, but it, it's just just watching that second movie, man. I, even to this day, I, I'd say it was besides with the Demon Slayer movie that came out. It's definitely one of my top top five anime movies of all time just because of the story like if if, if you're a fan that's already invested in the series it, you'd understand like why it's so good at least to the crazy fans like me and, and julian like if you're invested in the series you know there's moments in there like it's just for fan service like you'd never yeah. see deku and bakugo team up until that movie yeah. and you see the dynamics between them like they both understand each other clearly when it comes to, to strategizing and battling and, and teamwork and because of that movie that that movie made me like it, it launched me into becoming a huge bakugo fan like i was already turning on like turning to like bakugo from the manga but because of that movie just seeing how much effort the the animators did and what the voice actors did like dude, clifford chapman like won me over with with bakugo man like he's amazing as bakugo yes and, and just watching their teamwork and like like i was saying like when when they finally come to term with just like we need to really work together and, and they reach out and and grab each other's hands and do the passing of the torch to each other 
dude i i was in tears yes. watching that part in the theaters <laughs> like i'm so like i'm so glad nobody was in there with me like maybe like i had my, my niece and nephew with me but then like there wasn't a lot of folks because that movie came out just before covid hit mm-hmm. so i was in there just sitting there and i had like the popcorn in front of my face and i'm just like slowly tearing up because the music kicks in it's a very like uh ballad type music yes and it's just like knowing bakugo's character he when he tells deku he's like uh you you know yeah you know after this like you're not gonna get your powers back anymore and deku tells him like it's okay as long as we save the people on this island then i'm fine and you know right now dude it's so chilling man it's it's so good um and especially to where like they, they both the both of them they both idolized all might and, mm-hmm. and that's what i liked about this movie too is like they showed you the side of bakugo like he as great as bakugo is at the end he still wants to be like all might and is yeah. he him and deku are on the same common ground when it comes to being a hero that that's who they want to be and that combined detroit smash dude i if i wanted to i probably would have screamed in the theaters but i didn't do it but <laughs> dude that part that part hit me so hard because it's just, I don't know, being from Michigan too, like having that na- attack move named after Michigan, like it just kind of brings like uh like some sort of pride, home, yeah, home, home pride. pride. Yeah. But like it, just seeing those two work together, man. And, and it's just was so amazing. <laughs> I could go on forever. <laughs> now I want to sidebar for just a second because you brought up city pride and something you did a couple weeks ago. And I'm sorry if it was a little bit longer than it might've been last month. But your hometown store where you would hang out and, and meet people with like interest, man, they had a break in. I want to take a, take a couple minutes just to talk about this. They had a break in and their, their cash register was stolen. Can you walk us through the story? Because what I thought you did was phenomenal. And I looked up to you so much for doing this. Okay, so um, Otaku Detroit is a it's an anime store in, a, in, in Michigan uh it's in the city called madison heights which is like a sub there it's just like a suburb city outside of detroit in the metro detroit area so uh they just opened sometime i believe in 20 the summer of 2020 i believe because they they opened up right in the middle of covid yeah uh which was surprising that they still were that that, i'm still surprised that like matt and and the people and and uh, terry like uh they're still working there during like this this time of covid but what happened was um you know, because they're a new store, they Matt, Matt has like all these connections with like uh, all these uh, these stores and retailers from Japan and stuff like that. And you know, they're just a local business. It's, it's I would have never thought that this would happen to them, and especially being their first year. Uh, apparently, someone must have uh, known the store or knew what was in the store or had some sort of interest in this store because they have like events, like cosplay events, gaming mm-hmm. events, and whatnot. And apparently, someone just broke in the. St- the front door they they crashed they destroyed the glass door they walked in there took the register and some really expensive valuables and they like i was speaking with the, the store owner matt um outside of social media like he, he was telling me like you know the, the, whoever it was knew what they were grabbing like it wasn't just someone that just grabbed went in there and grabbed whatever they they knew what they were getting so uh immediately after they after the announcement like after they they made a post on facebook and and instagram like not even not even five minutes after i saw that post i was something in me was just like you know i gotta do something about this because i these guys helped me for because i was literally a day one customer when they opened i was there at their opening weekend 
we exchange biz, like business information and stuff like that. They, they let me podcast there from time to time. They let me do open events there. And, you know, as, as someone who's, who's been friends with them and just being business friends with them, like stuff like that, it's just, uh, I, I started a GoFundMe and I was, I was only, I, I set the goal really low. Cause you know, I, I've never done anything like, like this before. So I just set it at $500 and you know, with $500, that's enough to cover a little bit of something. And that, that's, I, I thought that's all I could you know do for them since they've done so much for me. And I was blown away within 24 hours. I doubled the goal. It was yeah. like over a thousand dollars. And, uh, uh, I, I left it up for like, I think about three days or so. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to keep it up too long. I wanted to get them the money as soon as I could. And so uh, I think overall I, I would have, like if it wasn't for the GoFundMe fees and stuff like that, I probably would have gotten about 1100, mm-hmm. but with the fees uh, I, I that's the total was like $1,050 and that was enough for them to cover. That was enough to cover for a new cash register for them and other small things. But, but yeah, man, like I, I was surprised, you know, like th- these guys have done, Otaka Detroit has done nothing but great things for their, for the community. You know, they, they, let, they, they welcome everyone and anyone to the store. If you want to just, even if it's not a convention, like if you just want to go there and cosplay just for the hell of it, you can go to that store and just cosplay and just stand in your, stand around in your costume all day. And they don't care. Like they, they, they're, they're open to anyone. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, things are turning out okay for them. It just, it really sucked that that incident happened. And honestly, if, if I was there, I would have been in person helping them, you know, but I, was, I wasn't, I was stuck over here in the fucking boonies of Oklahoma. <laughs> no, and when I saw that, I, I thought the first thing I thought of was like, wow, man, this is so cool. Uh, because if there's one thing that fans like us, and regardless of what you're into, whether you're in anime, manga, comic books, cartoons, movies, theater geeks, man, if you're into pop culture shit, one thing, and it's not so much now, but I can't remember, Ricky, how old are you again? I will be, I'm 28 now, but I'll be 29 in December. So, okay. So we're about three and a half, four years apart, right? I just turned 32 in August. It's still August. So August 13th, a couple weeks ago. And I remember before the MCU, you know, this is post Batman in 89, Right. So this is X-Men cartoon has been on Batman. The animated series has been on Keaton's Batman has dropped. This is before Blade. This is before Wolverine. This is before Iron Man and Guardians and insert whatever character for the MCU. Comic books were looked at a little bit better in the 90s and cartoons were looked at a little bit better in the 90s than they were for people in the 80s and 70s and 60s. but I still got, and I've, I've told the story before, but I got beaten up when I was young. I was in a kindergarten or first grade class somewhere around there. And you could have show and tell. And you can bring any toy you wanted, right? So you couldn't play with it during class, but once recess hit, you could take your toy out and you could play with everybody else with their toys and shit. And I was super nerdy. Still am into Aquaman, right? Aquaman was one of my favorite characters of all time, right? And I think I actually have the one, it's not specifically the same toy, but... You'll get a you'll get a just for what this bastard looked like, right? <laughs> so this was the Aquaman I grew up on right here. And this is this is a little Christmas gift from my little buddy Alyssa, my little niece. Um, so she got me that because she knows I like Aquaman. But that super friends Aquaman, right? That real douchey blonde pompadour, 
where he's like, hello, guys, let's go save the day. That type of Aquaman, right? Just that corny white dude. That was the Aquaman I grew up on. That was a toy I had. When I was young and I went up to my grandparents, we went to the flea market and my grandpa was the type of dude that would take out his wallet or his money clip and he'd peel off a 20 for you and he'd peel off a 20 for my brother. And he's like, go find something to make yourself happy. I remember back in the day before everybody thought that every comic book they ever had was a thousand dollar book, right? That this was before then, like they had them in plastic Walmart bags, right? 10, 20 of them for five bucks. So I go over there and I get that. And then I buy a little Aquaman toy because I was huge into Aquaman. And it was that Super Friends Aquaman. The only thing it didn't have was it didn't have his trident and it didn't have the seahorse that he rode in on, on the Super Friends. So I remember taking this one in and showing everybody at show and tell and then going out to recess. And then I remember, I don't remember the kid's name. I don't even know what he looked like. I don't know what happened. The only thing I remember, because I see it in flashes, is he was a lot bigger than me. Because I was a short little pudgy kid until about seventh grade. And then I shoot up to six two, eighth grade, and nobody fucked with me anymore, right? <laughs> and I remember him coming up to me and saying, let me see that toy, snatching out of my hand, punching me in the stomach, and then me going and telling the teacher that, hey, you know, such and such took my toy. He hit me, and then he won't give me my toy back. And then I remember her saying, don't tattle. Right. And then I flash forward a couple oh my God. years. Yeah, I flash forward a couple years in, in, into elementary school and shit like that. And I remember being treated differently because I was still into comic books or I was still into cartoons. You know, once you hit sixth, seventh grade, you're at that time, you're supposed to be into Boy Meets World. You're supposed to be in these non-animated shows. And I just remember like, fuck that, dude. I like cartoons more than I want to see what the Ed Boys are doing. I want to see what Cow and Chicken's doing. I want to see what Dexter's Lab. Holy fuck, Samurai Jack. I want to see what this guy's doing. I wanted to see all of this other shit but you couldn't do that now in today's day and age the whole reason i tell that story is because the people that you just helped out man they harbored a space for people like us the weird kids the nerdy kids the kids that that really didn't have and i don't like using this fucking term because it's overplayed they didn't have a safe spot right they didn't have a place where they can go and be themselves without fear of persecution without fear of just being treated differently and then you make that that's the whole thing for cons right cons back in the day used to be a place where people would make fun of for people going oh look at that star wars guy look at that star trek dude look at these fucking nerds into the hulk right now it's so fucking mainstream right you can't go anywhere without some asshole wearing a hulk t-shirt or an iron man t-shirt some of these people that i used to be friends with back in the day that would pick on me for liking comic books are these cocksuckers that are still messaging me on a regular basis like oh what do you think is going to happen such and such i was like i remember you making fun of me for this shit you piece of shit why, why, why are you messaging me now <laughs> so it's funny how, how how the culture has shifted where the nerds are run, running the world ricky it's wild and I, I appreciate the fuck out of what you did, man. I thought that was one of the coolest things in the world. You didn't have to do that, and you did. And it shows the, the, the kind of character and the kind of man that you are, Ricky. That You went out of your way like All Might, like Deku, like Bakugo, like Shoto. Like, insert any superhero from the cartoon we were just talking about that we love so much. You went fucking plus ultra is what I'm getting at, man. And hats, <laughs> hats off to you, my friend. Clap, round of applause, man. I really appreciate what you did. I thought it was a cool fucking moment, man. Thank you for the kind words, man. Like, like I said, it just something came out of me to just, to just like, and, and you know, like I haven't had any, or, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I just did it because of the attention or whatever. It's just, I, I, I just, I, I know these guys, like I, of your heart. yeah, it just, I, I know these guys and, and they just opened a business. Like if it was me, I would 
I would feel absolutely terrible if something like that happened to me. And yeah. the fact that they, like, it, it was just all circumstance. Like they, like I said before, they opened during COVID and it was a, a place for a lot of these, like you said, a lot of these nerds or comic book fans and, and people who just, like it could, because there was no convention at that time, that was like a convention spot for, or like a hub for, you know, people who enjoy that stuff. And, and honestly, people like, like Matt and, 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 the, the staff at Otaku Detroit, they didn't deserve that. You know, like it, it, it just sucks that, that that happened to them, but I'm glad that through that bad experience, they got exposure as well, because, because I think there was like uh, Otaku magazine or something like that. They, they wrote an article about them. Uh, they were on the uh, Metro Detroit news. So, I mean, bad, any bad or good exposure is, is good for their part for their business yeah. and I, i'm glad that they were able to to recuperate after that and e- even after that like a lot of stores or pawn shops reached out and they were like you know what will help you look for your items and they don't like i think there was like one guy from new york or something like that that messaged uh the staff at Osaka detroit they're like you know we we get a lot of items here and if we see something that's yours we'll let you know and stuff like that so that was really cool to see that uh that all not just the help that I did, but a lot of these stores or yes. like, you know, same small business owners, they were all like in, in it with them too. Like that, I thought that was really cool to see, like, to see like, like all these people just willing to help out the small store in, in, in Madison Heights, man. And, and again, if, if you live in the Michigan area or, uh, or like, or around that area of Madison Heights, go check out Otaki Detroit, man. This is a plug for them. Like these guys have been nothing but great, man. And I hope, I hope their business continues to grow, man. Cause honestly like i i still remember just going into the store the opening weekend and just like was telling them like yeah i have a podcast you know uh, i'm local around here too if you guys ever want to be on the podcast let me know and they were like dude let's just swap business cards and stuff like that they gave me like free gifts and free free items like i have you know i'm pretty sure you've seen on my podcast sometimes i do giveaways um mm-hmm. i haven't been doing anything recently because i moved but um they they even before i moved to oklahoma they were like Oh yeah, Ricky, we have a box for you in the back. Just go. Uh, we got some stuff for you to to do for giveaways and stuff like that. So I was like, holy shit. So that's at home in, in Michigan right now. So until I get back, uh, until I I get back on my in, in my own space or whatever, or go back to Michigan, I'll probably try to give that stuff away. But th- those guys always hook me up with stuff, man, and, and that's why I wanted to help them so badly. Man, you got Ricky the Mung Batman right here, right in front of us, right now, man. Uh, we're gonna pause it for just a second. So we were just talking not only and send me the link so I can put it in the uh, just for their their uh, website and I'll put it in the video too. So if anybody that, that's listening to this that still wants to help out, even though you helped them out a little bit, but even then, if we can do something to prop up places like this, small businesses especially got hurt so heavy just because of COVID. And then you've got some asshole that wanted to go and do something extra and take away from somebody that had no business to be taken away from. So like I said, I'm pretty sure there's some fans out there that that might be in Michigan, it might be in Detroit, might not know about this place and would love to go check it out. So just send me the link for the store name and we'll put it in the video description as well. So people can, you know, just at least say, hey man, uh, we like what you're doing, or hey, we want to come and see X, Y, and Z. What's a good time to come by? But as yeah, we for start- sure, I'll send you that that stuff. Cool, cool, cool. So as we start to transition, like I said, this is part one of part two. Um, we're going to end it with this, and we'll talk briefly about uh, uh, my hero. We did some talk earlier, just a minute ago. Um, but season we're on season five, correct? Yes. 
for some reason I can't I, I want to say season six because I feel like we got season five last year but I also felt like last year was two years and not really one year so <laughs> this shit's just been wild man uh so with that being said what has been your favorite part so far? And mind you, I'm only on episode 17. Um, we just finished up with the Shoto's uh, dinner reunion. Um, but what has been your favorite part so far in this series? However, you'll have to go over to Ricky's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you can look him on YouTube, look him on Spotify, app, wherever you go and get podcasts. You'll have to go to his channel and check out what he's about to say and what we're about to talk about. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. He's been Ricky. I've been Julian. Ricky, where can they find you at? You can find me uh, anywhere on any podcasting platform at uh, Spoiler Force Podcast. Uh, you can find me on social media at Spoiler Force Podcast. Uh, Twitter is different. It's just Spoiler Force Pod. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's where you can find me at. And usually I, if you type in Spoiler Force Podcast, I'll pop up first. So uh, you can find all my content there if you're into like uh, just like comic book reviews or movie reviews and stuff like that. Um, I recently did some uh, interviews with some voice actors as well. Thanks to uh, Julian for opening that door for me. Um, other than that, man, I have a bunch of content, um, almost to 100 episodes. So there's a lot of episodes to cover. Uh, but yeah, if you're into all that, definitely check out my content. If you like it, uh, like, share and subscribe. Beautiful, man. He's been Ricky. I've been Julian. It's been the What's in My Head podcast. It's been another piece of your childhood. Don't forget, this is part one of part two. You got to go to Ricky's channel to hear the shit we're about to talk about. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out the What's in My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.